Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Faith and faithfulness. Key verses are Galatians 5.22, Luke 7.50, and Romans 5.1. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. In the King James, the word is faith and is defined in part as fidelity. And as fidelity, faith is certainly faithfulness. But the word faith carries more of the quality that I believe God appreciates, and more so that which he requires of us. Luke 7.50 And then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The definition of faith is persuasion. It's moral conviction, especially of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious teacher. It is especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. It's truth itself, assurance, belief, is to have faith and to have fidelity. It's a primary verb meaning to convince. It's a primary verb meaning to obey, persuade, trust, and yield. If my count was correct, the word faith is mentioned 34 times in the book of Romans alone. But going back to the definition once more, faith on our part is more than faithfulness. And while we are to have faithfulness to God and to our beliefs, faith accomplishes far more. The devotion focus is that God requires faith, faith in himself and his word. If you keep in mind the fruit of the Spirit is God's nature, and that faith is listed as one of the nine aspects of God's nature, this helps to bring faith into a clear understanding of what it is in practice. Faith in God, it's more than intellectual agreement that God exists. If I had a terminal illness, I can believe or have faith that medicine exists to save me, but that belief doesn't do me any good if I stop there. I must place my faith in the power of that medicine to save me by taking it and applying it. And so in a spiritual way, I have a terminal illness that is killing my body. It is called sin, and we're all dying from the effects of sin. It's like a virus, and no one escapes. But God provided a cure for this virus. It is the blood of Jesus, shed on the cross for sin. Now, if I believe this and apply this cure to my life by faith, Then and only then do I live, not only eternally, we all have eternal life and it will be lived either in heaven or hell, but I live now spiritually connected to the very life of God. So placing faith in Jesus' death on the cross as the complete and only payment for sin accepted by God, this saves my life from eternal death. At the moment I pray, confessing I'm a sinner under the curse of death, and I ask Jesus to save me. My spirit is born. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. And my destiny is changed from eternal hell to eternal heaven. But beyond saving faith, we need faith to accomplish our work for God with lasting effects. The following account helps with understanding this principle, although I'm not advocating trying to cast out demons, not without knowing what you're doing. And since I don't know how or I lack sufficient faith. I can't help anyone with demon possession either. In Matthew 17, 17, 
Mark 9.19 and Luke 9.41. It's all the same account. And it's the account of Jesus, uh, his disciples, when they failed to cast out a demon. In Matthew 17.17, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you, and how long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. He was referring to this man's demon-possessed son, whom he brought to Jesus to have him cast the demon out. But when he got there at the base of the mountain, he discovered Jesus was up on the mountain with three of his disciples. His disciples tried but failed to cast out the demon. Of course, when Jesus gets back to camp and hears the account, he commands the demon to come out of the boy. And before it leaves, the demon throws the boy to the ground and then leaves. When the disciples ask later why they couldn't cast out the demon, Jesus tells them it's because of their unbelief, their lack of faith. Now, faith as faithfulness is also desirable to God. So let me ask you, do you want people in your life to be faithful to you? Are you faithful to them? And how can we recognize faithfulness in ourselves or others? In others, I want to know they will stand by me regardless of my circumstances or regardless of my social standing, regardless of my financial status. And when I'm in trouble, I need family and friends to remain faithful to the love and duty of their positions in relationship to me. But it begs the question, am I faithful to them? Will I stand by them regardless of the cost? Now, there was a pastor, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in Germany during the years leading up to World War II. He was faithful to the gospel message and spoke out against the crimes committed by his nation at the time. And even though threatened with arrest, not only his arrest, but also his family's, Dietrich refused to back down. His faith in God was strong enough that he remained faithful even after being arrested and put in a concentration camp. But while in prison, Bonhoeffer served his fellow prisoners, preaching, teaching, encouraging, and comforting them. His faithfulness to living as Christ lived earned the respect of the guards. And when he was executed during the last days of the war, Bonhoeffer went to his death with calm courage, faithful to the end. So what about you? Would you tell me a time that you were faithful and stood by your family or your friend? You can email me at info at hopesharbor.net if you want to. I'll keep the story to myself. And why do I ask this? Because hearing of others being faithful is encouraging and inspiring. In summary, in countries around the world today, Christians are being beaten, imprisoned, and killed for their beliefs. These have faith and remain faithful to what they claim to believe. And if you want to read about Christian martyrs of the past, Fox's Book of Martyrs is an excellent source to help with making a determination of whether to have this kind of faith and to stand by it. And so the action to consider. Here's a verse to ponder. Luke 18.8. This is Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And one other consideration is to read through uh, not only Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is available at christianbook.com and thriftbook.com, but one other book to read if you want to, is The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Now, next week's devotion is gentleness. Is it a weakness? 
You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.